You're listening to WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, A.J. Kierstead. Let's get the latest in New Hampshire government news with our friends at the New Hampshire Bulletin. Get their articles at NewHampshireBulletin.com. They join WKXL in the morning every Friday, and this week's senior reporter, Anne-Marie Timmons, comes back to the show. Welcome back. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks. So before we dive into the craziness that happened at the state house today with all sorts of legislation that was that was put up to vote and from parking to abortion decisions and such, let's start off with something that we've been, been recurring covering together is uh, COVID hospitalizations. It looks like there were some changes with regards to how counting is done with those going forward. Yes, the state announced today that it was going to start counting It's hospitalizations only if you are taking one of two drugs that are given to people who are in moderate to severe um, condition in the hospital and they're for respiratory or oxygen level is just too low. So that brought the count, for example, down from 24, 25 ish this week to seven yesterday. Um, And there was some pushback, you know, there was accusation that they're trying to whitewash the numbers to make it look like we're doing better than we are. Um, What I found out was that this is really sort of a national trend that's starting um, sort of, I guess, advocated by for the by the Biden administration. And what it does is it tells them these are the severe cases. So that's going to dictate one kind of public policy, the less severe may we do this other kind of response. And so the criticism is, unlike in Massachusetts, where they put all their hospitalizations up, and then they say these are severe and these are the others, where the state is just reporting the most severe. So there was a criticism there. Um, So we'll see. It's just two days in. I think we've been at seven the last two days. Um, It does not count people who may be in the hospital on a ventilator or intubated but not on those drugs. It's unclear how many people would fall into that category. So we're two days in. I think we we, we will wait to see um, where it goes. But they did point to Massachusetts as sort of their inspiration. But like I said, they do it differently. You can see the total uh, hospitalization right there, um, not just the most severe cases. Does this do anything to fix our recurring issue of people with COVID versus because of COVID at the hospital? It's supposed to. Um, So we know that people who come in, maybe because they delayed care for a chronic condition because the hospitals are overwhelmed, are now coming back to the hospital. So they're coming in for their condition, whatever that emergency may be. While there, they're testing positive for for COVID. And that really increased with Omicron because it's so contagious. Uh, So those are really the people showing up uh, more often now. What the hospitals will say is, yes, they aren't in here for COVID, but we have to treat them in some ways the way we do COVID patients. We need to give them their own room. You have to, you know, put PPE on, um, take it off each time you go in and out of a room, which is time consuming. The trash piles up, then that's housekeeping is overwhelmed. So hospitals will say those are still placing a burden on hospitals and we need to think about it. Um, So this number is supposed to separate those two, you know, the people who are really in for COVID versus those who are in with COVID. I think we shouldn't get lost that the numbers are really down no matter how you count them. We were at 400 plus in January. You know, now we're down to seven or 20 or 60, depending on how you put the numbers together. But we're really, really down, especially with severe cases. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's even with the sub-variant of Omicron coming through the state is, um, I don't know if it's over, it's now the majority virus, I think it may be, uh, but we, Omicron was so severe going through the state and Delta was so severe going from, through the state. It's kind of the advantage of us being on the tail end of those waves where now we're, there's so much immunity plus the, the vaccination rates in the 60s, I believe. Yes, yes. I, I think the, the feeling is a lot of us are vaccinated. You know, there hasn't been a run on boosters, I would say. People haven't really jumped on that as much as maybe you thought they would. Um, but between that and people who have had COVID, I do think you're right that there is a higher level of immunity, even than this, the vaccination rate would say. Yeah. In defense of, of this change, changing the name of perspective is a lot of people go to the emergency room because that's their primary means of getting health care. They feel really sick. They don't know. It's like, do I have of the bad a bad flu that I need to get a flu test to make sure I'm not infecting more people. Also, very similar mm-hmm. things happen with that, and this is an interesting way of working around it. I don't think there is this this gold, golden example of this is how we're going to now count, but at least we have some way of having some uh, some indication of a difference going on. Exactly, because if you where where do you draw the line if someone does come in for this one thing and they have COVID and that one thing is exasperating their COVID, they wouldn't have it so bad if not. So it's really hard to parse that out. So I think they've settled on okay, if you're on one or of these drugs or both these drugs, that is a easy to track thing. We know that you're on that. That will be our count for right now for severity. And it very well could um, change. We've seen the counting change as we've um, learned more, as we've used that those numbers differently. Like if you are trying to show burden on hospital, that's maybe a very different metric than trying to understand what the severity of the virus is right now in our community and our hospitals. So as I hinted at the beginning uh, of the interview, it looks like the the House has been busy again. So let's go over to what they've been up to, especially today. It looks like they're, the Republicans maybe are giving a little bit when it comes to abortion regulations in the state. Yes, um, today is what they call crossover day. So every bill ha- in the House has to be acted on by the end of today and same in the Senate and then they'll trade. So there was a lot that had to be taken care of today. A big one on my plate was the abortion bill. That's, you know, there's been probably four bills that have been proposed that would either scale back the abortion ban, which has almost no exceptions after 24 weeks to protecting abortion rights going forward. One bill has survived in in today that was passed pretty overwhelmingly in the house but it it got there thanks to republicans this was a republican written bill it was advocated for on the floor today by republicans in 24 weeks you learn you have a fatal fetal diagnosis uh, which could be your baby does not have a brain or kidneys uh, or fully formed heart and that baby is not going to live outside of your womb you know after delivery that in those cases under this bill, you would be able to terminate that pregnancy. And um, what really struck me today is lawmakers who had been opposed to that. One in particular, uh, Representative Jess Edwards from Auburn, Auburn said, I felt very fine with that bill last year, but I, you know, I listened when women came to talk to us over the year and those stories made me realize that we shouldn't be in the exam room for those conversations. And 
it is just I think people get intimidated sometimes about talking to the legislature or lawmakers are testifying, but those are really the stories that are the last thing that come up when you're trying to get a bill through. It's those personal stories and we saw that today and it was just really encouraging as someone who believes in the, the process that that really worked. So that will head to the Senate now and that measure has failed in the Senate previously, but that was early in the debate. Um, we'll see what they do with it this time. Um, coming from the House, maybe they'll be more inclined to say, well, we're, you know, 400 people could have voted on this. It passed overwhelmingly. So who are we to say to take this away? It has the governor's support as well. So we'll see. That's I mean, for step. the governor, it's going to be it, it's going to be quite the political win to make both sides kind of happy to some extent. I mean, he, he caught so much flack from the Democrats when it came to signing the initial legislation, especially because it was the same uh, alongside the budget with the divisive concepts legislation. It was a it was rough for him politically. And with with uh, November coming up soon with the, with the Senate, um, the represent House of Representatives being up for election again, it's it's going to be a really messy situation as we get closer to November. It, it will be interesting to see how this um, shakes out, you know, the process now, some things are passing because they're going to be useful for trade later on as we get to the end of the, you know, session. We'll see things like today, there was a $35 million parking garage for lawmakers tucked into a bill that really was sort of a housekeeping bill for some academic concerns. Um, so when that gets, when you see that happen, that's the others want that. So it'll remain to be seen what happens when, when that comes, but it'll, I think it'll be a very different situation than it was at the beginning of the year or even after the budget last year. So has moving away from a lot of the COVID legislation that's been the focus and a source of I mean, it's outright fear for so many people. There's a lot of older people that, that are in, in the House. Um, is the, the lack of dealing with the COVID regulations, which seems so dire at the first of the year, assisting with moving on with these other legislations? It does feel like it. Um, I'm working on a story for next week, just trying to look at what where we were at in January. There were 45 plus bills related to COVID um, or vaccine mandates or masks. And a small fraction of those will head over to the Senate. So we have gotten through the bulk of those. And at the time that those were debated, you're right, the numbers were high. There was a lot of fear in their house. Um, people were in masks if they came at all. Um, people just were very, very nervous. It was, there was starting to be a lot of unsciency kind of testimony, I would say, and that felt it would like it was based on fear. So I do think we've gotten through the worst of it. There's still lawmakers who are masking and sitting in separate sections, but it's starting to feel like we're back to normal. And so they're um, sparring over other things that you might see any other year. It's not a budget year, um, but we are seeing, you know, redistricting is a, a big issue this year. We're at year 10, that happens every 10 years. My colleague, Amanda Goki has been really following that. Um, that's going to continue to be a drama going forward. We've seen cuts to business taxes proposed. Uh, Bill is making its way through the House that would 
allow uh, marijuana to be sold at the state liquor stores. The governor has always been opposed to legalizing marijuana is now saying he's open to that. So we're going to sort of get back to business as normal. I, I think in many ways it is starting to feel that way. This, you know, this is the first year a lot of these members have been in person in the house because they're serving their first year. And it's like what I'm hearing from my teacher friends, like kids have forgotten how to conduct themselves with manners and respect. Um, and I mean, so I think so there's heated a- for so long. I mean, you had the, the rebuild NH crew, which were quite aggressive a lot of times. The um, it, it's and then the people that were there were they were scared. I mean, they're outright scared about COVID-19 being a deadly pandemic. The numbers were just changing constantly. And unfortunately, um, were extraordinarily high through the holiday season at the mm-hmm. end of 2021. And and then and then the decision to go in person very quickly after the numbers dipped led to a lot of people being like, what's like, why are we doing this? And I'm I'm hoping that the, the face to face being in the, the room is going to help to kind of have those relationships that are so needed for legislation to happen. I mean, you got to compromise at some level, which it looks like we're beginning to see with, the, with regards to some of this legislation. I think that's right. And there were people making jokes on the floor today. People were laughing. There was, you know, kindness showed when someone was going on a little too long and it was about the lunch break and they really wanted to get going. So there was that warmness a bit today. I saw there was in, in equally important really, there was not the bitterness or the sniping um, that you maybe heard about or saw before. Um, so I, I do, I am hopeful that this is, you know, we're on the, the road back to normal um, now. And I do think people were, I mean, remember when we were talking earlier this year, protesters were shutting down executive council meetings. That is not happening anymore. And not all of that legislation was successful. Uh, so they have, you know, would think you they have reason to still be protesting, but it's really quieted down. So I do think we're in a new place. I hope it stays that way. Mm-hmm. The state house is a nice place to be when it's working normally and people are enjoying each other's company. You know, you can be adversarial on the floor and still be personable off the floor, and that's how the house works best. And um, I, I hope we're going in that direction again. I mean, from a philosophical standpoint, I'm 35. Like, I grew up in the internet, essentially. Like, as soon as I I was on Facebook in 2006 when it was basically opened up to to everyone who wasn't in college, and I was going into my freshman year of college. And the it seemed like the internet culture came to the real world because there was this isolation. You're sitting behind a Zoom window, and you're more likely, if you're not sitting next to the person... To, to say just whatever crazy thing is in your head, you're not going to censor yourself as much because you don't you're, you're having that disconnect. There's a reason why Black Mirror is such a popular TV show, because the, the, the black mirror that is your computer screen really does change how your brain works. Oh, definitely. You can't see when you, you know, insult someone or uh, you're unkind. You can't see it in their face. And that is so uncomfortable for most people to see that you do. Um, check yourself and just being in a row of people that you have to say, excuse me, when you need to stand up and go out to get a drink or stretch your legs or whatever, those tiny little conversations matter. And when you're at home, they, it doesn't happen. I mean, how was your weekend or what are you doing this weekend or what bill do you care about? Those conversations add up to relationships and that just can't happen online. So I do 
you know, there was a good argument for keeping remote testimony and participation going for the public because the public Mm -hmm. had more access than ever and they took advantage of that. Um, But there is something to having the lawmakers in session who are, you know, able to be in session because of their health, because the relationships are everything. Like you said, the legislation doesn't work. Lawmaking doesn't work without relationships. We got a couple minutes left. I want to hear about more of this parking garage that I'm hoping is going to make make my life easier as a uh, downtown Concord resident. It just may. So the uh, for since 1974, the lawmakers have claimed a big chunk of Store Street for this massive parking garage. It had a 20 year lifespan. It's way past its prime. And lawmakers are tripping and falling and scraping their hands. I, I took a stroll through it the other day. It is not a fine looking garage. It looks tough and rough. So they uh, are going to take $35 million in surplus money, according to a bill that passed today, and tear down that garage and build a new garage where the current Department of Justice is, which is very close to the, it's in downtown. It's very close to State House. And then justice goes somewhere to be determined. <laughs> They're already um, in a weird location. It used to be a bank. I've been in there before. It's the shadiest building. I mean, <laughs> that building needs to go. It's not ideal. I will agree. Uh, so this will be a 600 you know, spot garage, much bigger than we have in the the um, the state house has 60 ish spots on the street right now. You'll see those yellow hoods on meters and those are there. And often those spots are empty Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because they're not in full session or I'm sorry, Monday, Friday, because they're not in full session. Uh, so y- you may find 60 new spots for yourself because this bigger garage will accommodate far more people. You know, there's 400 lawmakers. They don't all show up. Then there's staff. Um, so that'll take a lot of a lot of hopefully spots off the street. Um, and I know the city is working closely with the department. I think Bird told me that they would like to be able to claim those legislative spots for the city during the summer when the session is not on. So that might be a nice, a really nice benefit for downtown too. So you may you may get what you'd like. Awesome. Love it. And I'm sure the businesses around there would, would really appreciate it, too. Uh, there's bakeries, there's restaurants, there's uh, there's even a bunch of shops that have popped up over in that side of, of uh, North yeah. Main Street, too. Yes. And we uh, we're lucky to be on Main Street above Orange Leaf, which is a little too close to crust and crumb. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have the parking problem. But now no one maybe soon nobody will have the parking problem. Senior reporter Amory Timmons over at the New Hampshire Bulletin. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Take care. NewHampshireBulletin.com to get more from them. And go to NHTalkRadio.com to get more from me. Get the back episodes of the show and live stream 24-7 over there. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead.